This is made possible by Dustin Campbell, O Them Bones, Daily Tech News Show, Andy Beach, Nick Wood, and Craig. Good evening, America. You know me. I've been with you every step of the way, week after week, standing up for what I believe to be right and just in our great nation. And you've been there too, haven't you? Engaged, questioning, debating. That's what we do. That's what we've always done. Tucker Carlson spent years at Fox News, years being part of the mainstream media machine. But I have to tell you folks, now that it's ejected him, I think he sees it differently. You see, the media as we know it is far from perfect. It's a complicated beast. It can be an echo chamber. It can be a propaganda machine. And yes, it can sometimes be a force for good. But now that Carlson has moved to the internet, I believe he thinks it's time for something new. Here's a video that he posted on Twitter earlier this week. Hey, it's Tucker Carlson. You often hear people say the news is full of lies, but most of the time that's not exactly right. Much of what you see on television or read the New York Times is in fact true in the literal sense. It could pass one of the media's own fact checks. Lawyers would be willing to sign off on it. In fact, they may have. But that doesn't make it true. It's not true. At the most basic level, the news you consume is a lie, a lie of the stealthiest and most insidious kind. Facts have been withheld on purpose, along with proportion and perspective. You are being manipulated. How does that work? Let's see. If I tell you that a man has been unjustly arrested for armed robbery, that is not, strictly speaking, a lie. He may have been framed. At this point, there's been no trial, so no one can really say. But if I don't mention the fact that the same man has been arrested for the same crime six times before, am I really informing you? No, I'm not. I'm misleading you. And that's what the news media are doing in every story that matters, every day of the week, every week of the year. What's it like to work in a system like that? After more than 30 years in the middle of it, we could tell you stories. The best you can hope for in the news business at this point is the freedom to tell the fullest truth that you can. But there are always limits. And you know that if you bump up against those limits often enough, you will be fired for it. That's not a guess. It's guaranteed. Every person who works in English language media understands that. The rule of what you can't say defines everything. In this episode of Politics, 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 standing on the precipice of the next chapter, we break down all things Carlson. No longer tethered to the reins of a network, no longer bound by the constraints of a news desk, he is free to speak his truth. The truth that America needs to hear. Maybe even he'll do it so well, I won't feel the need to try to imitate him in my intro. So what does this mean? It means we're going to look at the brutal world of media legal enforcement, the history of News Corp refugees, and speak with our friend Andrew Heaton, himself a former Fox employee, to gauge how serious we think Carlson is. One thing is clear, he's not a newsman anymore. He's a critic. A critic of the media. A critic of the system. A critic of the so-called elites who claim that they know better than you. Better than us. According to Carlson, he's there to hold them accountable, to question, to challenge, to provoke. When Tucker Carlson looks in the mirror, I believe he says it's time for someone to cut through the noise, to expose the bias, the hypocrisy, the manipulation. It's time for someone to remind the media of its purpose, to inform, to educate, to serve the public, and not the powers that be. 
America, he continues while fogging up said mirror. I'm here to tell you that the gloves are off. We're going to be digging deep, peeling back the layers, exposing the truth. We're not just going to talk about the news. We're going to talk about how the news is made, how it's manipulated, how it's used to control and mislead. We're not going to shy away from the hard questions. We're going to tackle them head on. And as he slowly wipes the spittle from said mirror, he comes to a thundering conclusion. Together, we're going to change the conversation. We're going to shake things up because that's what America needs. A new voice, a new perspective, a new way forward. And I can't wait to embark on this journey with you. At least, that's what we think. That, and for Dog and Pony Show Audio, I'm Justin Robert Young, and this is Politics, Politics, Politics. So, Tucker Carlson's strategy is, number one, get out of his contract with Fox News. Number two, establish his own online empire. And number three, recarve his lane in media as a once-in-a-generation media arsonist. So, let's go one by one here. All right. You're Tucker Carlson. How do you get out of your contract? Well, two weeks after being ousted by Fox News, Tucker Carlson began that process by accusing the network of fraud and breach of contract. His lawyer sent a letter to Fox News positioning Carlson to argue that the non-compete provision in his contract is now no longer valid due to an alleged breach of contract by Fox News. This would theoretically allow him to launch his own competing show and media enterprise. Now, while we... Do not know what Fox's reaction is. We can take a wild guess and say they disagree. Despite the fact that Tucker Carlson's contract with Fox News runs until January 2025, Carlson has already received offers, reportedly, from several outlets and has spoken to other people that would like to employ him. But, of course, Fox is keen to keep Carlson under contract because then he won't be able to start a competing show and essentially they can make Carlson beg for things to get let out of the contract. Right now, Fox News and News Corp is in the pole position. They have signed the man to a contract. They are paying him for that contract. Yes, he is not doing what he wants to and what he was being paid to do in that contract, but as long as the money keeps coming in, then that is what it is. But the letter from Carlson's lawyers alleged that Fox News employees, including Rupert Murdoch, broke promises to Carlson and that therefore constitutes fraud as it is defined in the contract. It is claimed that Fox News executives broke an agreement with Carlson not to leak private communications to the media and not to use his private messages to take any adverse employment action against him. This, it is suggested, is what led to his ousting from the network. Furthermore, the letter alleges that Fox News broke promises not to settle with Dominion voting systems in a way that would indicate wrongdoing on the part of Carlson and not to take any actions in a settlement that would harm Carlson's reputation. It is suggested that Carlson was told by a member of the Fox board that he was taken off the air as part of the Dominion settlement. However, Both a Fox News spokesman and an outside attorney for Dominion deny that Carlson's departure was part of that settlement. 
Furthermore, and specifically, Carlson is alleging that Arena Briganti, Fox's longtime communications and PR chief, attempted to undermine his future business prospects, which he argues would constitute another breach of his employment contract. Carlson's lawyers have stated that they are considering litigation against the network to resolve these disputes and have called Fox News to preserve any existing documents and data relevant to their relationship with Carlson. That is including correspondence between top executives and several media outlets. Those are a lot of fancy words from Carlson's attorney who are now effectively trying to play a a back and forth with Fox News, who has tried to go out of their way through media leaks to demonstrate that Carlson was a malignant force that needed to be cut off the network. It's them taking a shot across the bow, telling them that they will not sit quietly on the sidelines and wait for a quiet renegotiation. That was, according to other reports, what Carlson initially wanted, just to figure out whatever the deal needs to be for him to start working again. Because, again, Fox has Carlson under contract until after the 2024 election, which in the world of political media, our lunar calendar means this season beginning about a month ago and lasting until next November is the period in which stars are made and retained. If Carlson takes this period off, he is essentially entering retirement of his former persona. He might as well start doing something else. He would be starting over. So, Carlson's plan is two-pronged. State Fox broke their contract first and threatened to sue before uh, they respond or they could sue him. So, basically, turn the tables. Fox is looking for a reason to sue Carlson because he is in breach of contract. He is suing them before they can sue him. Eventually, this was going to come to some element of legal negotiations. Whether or not it ends up in a courtroom, who knows? But since he believes and his legal position is that he is somebody who had his contract breached, he is now, in his mind, clear to start a soft version of his empire. Essentially, keeping his audience engaged while waiting for an all clear to start something worth far bigger money. But why wait? If you believe that you are clear from your contract, why not just sign another contract or start building whatever you're going to build. Because if Carlson does take money now before he resolves anything with Fox, number one, it probably drives down his market price because somebody is going to take the risk that they are going to be in legal trouble with News Corp. And whatever money he makes will now become what Fox is asking for in terms of monetary damages to the breach of the contract. But if he doesn't take money and he is still relevant, indeed possibly more relevant than ever, then Fox doesn't really have a whole lot of leverage because Carlson's freedom is the carrot that they're dangling in front of his face. So, what would a big deal for Carlson look like? Well, this was 20 years ago. He could probably go anywhere. Syndication, cable, maybe even network. 
If it were 10 years ago, like Megyn Kelly, then the other cable companies would probably be too polarized. But you'd have to try a rebrand of some kind, like Kelly did on NBC. Didn't go really well, but that was the idea. The problem with all these old options is that they don't really exist anymore, specifically when it comes to money. Unless you're playing football games, there's not as much money as Carlson made on Fox and would be able to make going forward. Now, Carlson does always have the ability to follow in the footsteps of Glenn Beck, the Fox outcast who did the most to establish his own beachhead with The Blaze. More on that in a second. One thing is very important to understand here. People being kicked off a major platform and establishing their new living, trashing their former home, is something that happens every day. A fair amount of the people that are listening to me right now first heard my voice on the Twit Network, where I co-hosted a comedy podcast and was a regular guest on very popular tech programs like Tech News Today, Mac Break Weekly, and of course, the flagship roundtable This Week in Tech. When myself and my co-host Brian Brushwood left that network, we took advantage of fan discontent by immediately promoting new versions of the shows that we'd done there. We started Patreons, collected the money directly, and gave me an independent living. That was the moment where I realized I didn't have to have a day job. Here's the key, though, and I want you guys to keep this in mind because it's very, very important for the Carlson story. When that happened for us, we tried to keep our noses clean and our relationships intact with our former network. Because you never know. You could always go back. And you could always use those relationships to eventually be mutually beneficial. Now, in our case, it didn't really work. I got drunk during a power hour that was very stupidly live streamed. I said things that wound up getting taken out of context and aggregated. Um, the old network heard it. We're not pleased with it. And so things have never been cool with us ever since. But that doesn't mean that I didn't want them to be. I desperately did. The point remains the same. And if the case that we had is true, with far smaller stakes, then that means that it is certainly true the higher you get up the ladder. In fact, it might be more important to pay attention to those relationships. Take your shots at the old guard, but never so much that it would preclude you from getting a phone call from Logan Roy, apologizing profusely and backing up the Brinks truck. But, and this is what's different, what if you couldn't go home again? What if you had neither the will or they had the money to bring you back? What if the platform wasn't what it used to be? What if you could reach more people and make more money and have more freedom to do whatever you wanted outside of the platform? Well, that would mean no sum of cash would mean that it was worth it to work for somebody else. It would mean that you have to do it yourself. So, if he is getting out of his contract, let's talk about establishing an online empire. In the end, 
you only walk out with what you came with. I mean, not in the end, the end. You know, anyway, I'm going to leave you with something that I, um, I think is another first. Maybe, maybe it's not. Uh, first of all, Sharky, can you bring the blinds up? We'll leave it the way we found it. Um, it is not the person that is leading the parade. It is not the person on the stage that gets all the credit. It is all the people behind them. It's all the people that have made this possible from the very beginning. They don't usually run credits. We wrote them on a chalkboard. I thought that was appropriate. From New York. Good night, America. Those were the last words that Glenn Beck said as a television host on the Fox News Channel. Glenn Beck wanted to maximize his platform and his desire, his entrepreneurial spirit to do that cost him his relationship with Fox News, specifically high commander Roger Ailes. Ailes said that he needed talent that wanted to focus on a daily television show and not everything else that Beck wanted to do. That included books and tours and also an online-only subscription program for superfans, something that Beck rebranded as Glenn Beck TV soon after he was set to leave Fox. In fact, right after the clip that I played you, Beck did an interview for his online superfans on that subscriber-only platform. Glenn Beck TV or GBTV turned into The Blaze, which to this day is Glenn Beck's home, a place that simulcasts his radio show and now provides a platform for a lot of different people. Now, this concept started as a straight-up competitor to Fox News. It sought to find clearance on cable carriers so it could suckle off the sweet teat of the bundle. Quick media economics refresher. The cable bundle refers to the business model used by cable television providers where numerous channels are grouped together and sold as a package to subscriber. This model has been the standard in cable television industry for many years. Cable companies negotiate with channel networks to acquire the rights to distribute their content and then package these channels together in various tiered bundles. Something that you will hear a lot about the cable bundle is that ESPN costs you the most in your cable bill when you look at the breakdown of what everything costs. And this is 100% true. And it's not necessarily because ESPN is the most popular, although it often is, and especially these days since live sports are so powerful. But the reason why ESPN has and always will be the most expensive channel for cable carriers to carry and bring to you is because ESPN invented the concept of carriage fees. They invented the concept of going to cable stations and instead of saying we need to lease space from you, they flipped the script and said, how much are you going to pay us? to be on your platform so you can sell us 
to your subscribers. Customers pay a monthly fee for access to these bundles, which, of course, includes a mix of local broadcast stations, national network channels, and specialty channels. The more expensive the package, the more channels it includes, because the more carriage fees that the cable company has to pay to the people creating the channels. Eventually, of course, the burden of these bundles financially began to become onerous to consumers. The programming on cable had to compete with free or cheap content on the internet. And the phenomenon, cord cutting, was born. The Blaze got some carriage as a cable channel. Dish Network, few others. But it never really succeeded there. They were never really able to secure the bag of the bundle. But, as it turned out, it didn't really matter. The Blaze was ahead of the game. They were in position as the model of the future, a direct-to-consumer subscription service. So, if the money isn't there, or the platform, or the freedom isn't there for Carson, uh, Carlson to be an employee, then the most lucrative model is, like Beck, to have his own subscription. Own your customers, own your relationship, own the money they pay. But wait, we started off talking about Carlson being exclusive to Twitter. Well, not so fast. On Twitter, Tucker posted his video announcing that he'd be bringing a version of Tucker Carlson tonight to the Bird app. But Twitter CEO Elon Musk said the following, quote, I want to be clear that we have not signed a deal whatsoever. Tucker is subject to the same rules and rewards of all content creators, end quote. Well, not only would that play into our initial idea that Tucker Carlson wants to start a soft version of his empire, one that would not include any other money that Fox News could so sue for. And maybe there's a handshake agreement with Musk. Maybe Twitter will always be a part of what he wants to do. Maybe. But my suspicion is that whatever is published on Twitter.com by Tucker Carlson in the future will soon be joined by a direct-to-consumer offering on TuckerCarlson.com, likely once the legal ink is dry with Fox. At the end of his video, viewers are alerted to the existence of that site and encouraged to text a mailing list. All the hallmarks of a future online empire, one that relies on text alerts, merchandise, and most of all, subscriptions. But what would the difference in content be from the Tucker Carlson that was on television to the Tucker Carlson that's online? Well, the two videos that he's posted gives us a pretty good idea. Sure, he will no doubt continue to be a conservative standard bearer. But there is a new wrinkle. Tucker Carlson is about to become a cable media arsonist without a patron. And the biggest target that will bring him a new audience and possibly win over some that loathed him before because the enemy of my enemy is my friend is for him to attack 
his old home, for which he is the biggest refugee who has no reason to hold back. After the break, we will talk about News Corp and which rooms of that empire Tucker Carlson will ignite first. Right after this. Politicsseriously.com is where you need to go so you can get not one, but two bonus episodes each and every week. Isn't it crazy? We're talking about subscription services and stuff like that. The the success or failure of them throughout history. And it's on a subscription-based podcast, right? You know, I'm just a small little, small little dinghy out in the harbor compared to the uh the 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 the, the Queen Mary of the Blaze or the Young Turks or the Daily Wire or anything like that. But you want to know what? It's a nice dinghy. Permission to come aboard if you'd like. $3 a week uh, pledge gets you two bonus podcasts each and every week. That's double. But we also have your update here, which we can get to right now. The White House is drawing its battle lines in its negotiations on the debt ceiling. As spending negotiations now enter their third day, the White House has convened the congressional negotiators that President Joe Biden's most recent legislative accomplishments, the Inflation Reduction Act, is off the table as the two sides begin to eye potential spending cuts, two sources familiar with the matter told CNN. The law, which makes historic investments in combating climate change, was targeted as part of the House Republicans' bill to cut spending alongside the debt ceiling increase. This is kind of a really big win for the Republicans because initially the White House said, clean debt ceiling, that's it, shut up. If you you want to talk about anything else, you you better not. Just can it, put it in your pocket, bub. And now it's, okay, well, well, not the thing you targeted. Let's talk about other spending cuts, but not the thing you targeted. Because the uh, Inflation Reduction Act, which now I'm so glad people are just calling a climate change bill. Very, very, it's very funny that, I mean, Orwellian in in the fact that, that the, the fake name only lasted for so long. It was never meant to reduce inflation. It was always meant to be a climate change bill. It was always these refugee ideas from Build Back Better. And now at least we can talk about it openly. That being said, I do think this is going in one direction negotiation-wise, and it's toward the Republicans. Will it be able to get anywhere that pleases everybody by the time that we are looking at a default situation? Probably not. Title 42 is, as you listen to this, almost assuredly no more. And migrants have gathered on both sides of the U.S.-Mexico border on Thursday, hours before the restrictions expired, with some rushing to cross ahead of tough new asylum rules that will replace the COVID-era order. U.S. Customs and Border Protection has in recent days been holding up to 28,000 migrants 
at its facilities far beyond its stated capacity and what appeared to be a record. Two federal officials requesting anonymity from the Border Patrol Union said, Telegenic problems. You do not want telegenic problems. This is a very telegenic problems, and it's a vexing one because the videos that are coming out of the border right now are showing Haitians and people from Africa that are coming through the southern border, which makes one ask, how? Why? How is this the case that, I mean, Africa, who knows, right? Unless there's a portal that goes from Cameroon to Honduras. But Haitians, Haitians, that's really taking the long way around. When you could just get into America by going to Florida. It is theoretically equally as illegal. And yet, one of the pathways seems to be popular enough that people are risking their lives and their families along with whatever fortunes they have to get to the border. Many of you know that Donald Trump did a CNN town hall on Wednesday night. Not to be Benny Plug Plug, but I went into grand detail on what I thought. Damn near 30 minutes of thoughts on that entire Fiasco, I can boil it down to a few bullet points for you, though. I thought that CNN was thoroughly embarrassing. I think that the discourse around it is thoroughly embarrassing. I would say that Trump was embarrassing, but look, man, at this point, the man is a hot stove. If you expect certain things from him and you put your hand on it, you can't be shocked when it burns you. I do think he is still politically liable from the right. I think that there are a lot of places in which entrepreneurial candidates could begin to at least test him, at least kick the tires. They might not be able to make it over the top, but still, I do think that the biggest thing as far as the primary goes is that Trump did not mention Ron DeSantis until the very end of this process. And when he did, he moved off it quick, saying he thinks DeSantis should think more about the future. And then he pivoted back to Biden, which is something that discipline is something that Trump does not normally possess in spades. So take it for what it's worth. TakePoliticsSeriously.com is where you go and support this show. Thank you very much for doing it. Three dollar pledge per week gets you two bonus episodes double 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 your px3 content till next time we're done with the update let's get back to the show and our friend andrew heaton Joining me now is former News Corp employee and my co-host on We're Not Wrong, the host of Political Orphanage, and all-around gadabout-town, mm-hmm. Andrew Heaton. A pleasure to be back on PX3. Hello, Justin, and hello, Justin Heads. We just watched Tucker Carlson's uh, video that he put out there. What I have posited on this show is that Tucker Carlson is going to carve out a lane for himself or is indeed currently carving out a lane for himself in new media 
as being a person who will likely never go back to Fox News, for which Fox News will probably not have the money nor the reach to really entice him going forward and wants to make a marketing push for himself, not only to his fans, which will love it, but also for possibly new people that might he might be asking for a second chance on the foremost media arsonist of all time, specifically for cable news. Did you find that pitch compelling? I, yes, it was extremely compelling. It was extremely engaging. It's also a wonderful illustration of uh, not falling into the ad hominem fallacy. I agree with everything that man just said. But yes. if I if I believed you could discount logic based on the speaker, I would. Um, he's not the guy to be saying that. Um, and the the thing that I'm really curious to see him do in the next couple of weeks, because I'm hooked, I'll watch it. The thing, <laughs> the thing that I really want to see him do is um, we now know that he didn't think that the election was rigged. That he didn't think that Trump won the election and that he was in a very politician sense, cushioning what he was saying. He was going on national TV and instead of saying, look. Uh, Trump lost the election. He was going, we don't yet know who won or lost the election. Yes. But what we do know is that the people that have lied to us in the past are telling us to believe it right now. And he was eliding the entire thing, right? Um, that tells me that he was afraid to say yeah. what he actually wanted to say without in- invoking the ire of his audience and losing his job. And that was a politician-y and kind of cowardly thing to do. What I would love for him to do at this point is go... I have lost my job. Here's what I actually think. If in the next episode of the show, he says, um, Fox had the gun barrel to my head unless I said those things and uh, I never thought them, et cetera, et cetera. I I will have a modicum of respect. If he doesn't ever address that, I'm not really going to believe him, but I will enjoy watching him burn the whole thing down. It it comes to a a very interesting conversation uh, about journalism in general and specifically punditry journalism. Like, which is its own sideshow to the idea of like reporting and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, do you need moral clarity or are you there to do a show? Are you there to please your audience? Are you there to give them what they want? How much of your actual feelings are required to come out in any show? Well, okay. So, answer to your question Are you, are people watching you because you're a truth teller or because you play? A very compelling truth. You're not actually a truth teller, well, but you play a truth teller on television. But but, but, he, but what he, is what is the line? Not, what is the line of a truth teller? And this is less of a Tucker Carlson argument, but more just a general sure. journalism thing. Because I do think that there was a very deep conversation. Here's what you had want. here. Can I tell you? Yeah, uh, I, I read this quote. I'm enamored with. Yeah. Um, in uh, Starman Jones by Robert Heinlein. Okay. Um, this kid has inherited a bunch of money and everybody's trying to take a bite out of it and he doesn't know what to do. And he finds some scummy attorney and he asks the attorney, um, are you honest? And he goes, I'm medium honest and don't trust anybody that tells you otherwise. And I'm like, I, I I'm enraptured with that idea of somebody that's like, listen, I'm a little bit of a scumbag, but I'm putting that up front. Yes. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, right. Um, I, I would say within that media environment, um, I have enough hostage negotiator in me that it's difficult for me to just be blunt. 
I, I have yes. I have I have an innate desire to cushion the blow when I'm talking and going. Now, when I say this, I don't mean this thing. I mean this thing here. Yeah. Uh, but let's not get carried away. I I get wanting to massage the message to not offend. That makes sense to me. Um, but when you are saying it is my job to call truth to power unless it affects me, at that point, I think you've crossed a line. And I think Tucker Carlson did cross that line. Tucker Carlson was paid an enormous amount of money to be a voice to the largest audience in America. And he was operating with the facade of, I am the guy that is telling you the truth. I'm on your side. And it turns out he wasn't going to offend you or or piss you off for fear of getting fired. I would would love for him to do that now that he is completely unleashed. He doesn't need to worry about it. Fox is going to give him $20 million. Tucker, absolutely, absolutely be really honest and and build that up. I think he would be fascinated to see what audience he built. I am fine with saying that you would like for him to be more honest in the phase that you have just described. He got paid that money to hold an audience so cash for gold and my pillow ads would play in between. That's why he got paid. And in that role, he has continued to do his job. The only problem that News Corp is going to have with him is the fact that he is posting things on Twitter, which they're almost assuredly going to say is a breach of his contract. Uh, With that being said, regardless of whether or not. He is now telling the truth or he was then telling the truth. The the fact of the matter is, is that on his beat now, he did not lead with either of the two clips that he has come out with, with the border or uh, the debt ceiling or. Uh, so he's uh, done other clips. Only one other one. One was about how dumb the conversations are on cable news. Great. The second. No one would disagree with that, including everybody on cable television news who would say that they are the sparkling, uh, a beacon of truth and hope and all the other dumb, dumb people do that. Yes. Okay. That's pablum. Uh, And he has done that video. And that okay. video, which was, is, which was very compelling, Pablum is 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 about. Yes. About uh, how uh, there are limits to what you can do. In the news media. And he's he's correct on all that. I, I don't think anybody would really disagree with this tremendously. I think this is a very specific pivot for him. I believe he is very specifically trying to go for, you know, we, we do, we're not wrong with Jim Briney. And Jim Briney will often bring up when talking about how the media is more controlled mm. than uh, uh, the general populace or me specifically things mm, yes. uh, that. Uh, a sink from the Young Turks was the highest rated show on MSNBC before it became MSNBC. And he spent too much time on the war and then he got fired. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I, I take an opposite opinion from our, our beloved colleague, Jen, on this. Indeed. But that's if, if that's that's a pebble compared to the rock of Gibraltar, that is Tucker Carlson uh, of all credit to sink younger and, and what he has done with the Young Turks. Uh, he is a forebearer to what Tucker Carlson is about to do now on the Internet. But in terms of television, that dude never got the ratings that Tucker Carlson got. No. That, that that dude never had well, the influence and, and, that Tucker and, and Carlson had. Sink, I also like um, would love to go on the Young Turks. It would be a great thing, right? I'm not trying to besmirch what they've accomplished, but but Sink, at least when I've heard him interviewed, will say things like, uh, we're getting more views than uh, than than MSN is, MSNBC is. Um, and And he is at this point, willfully misconflating different numbers where uh, Nielsen ratings are based, I think, on how many eyeballs are watching a 15-minute segment. Uh, YouTube ratings are how many yeah. eyeballs are watching one second. So you yes. literally cannot compare YouTube no. videos to, and, and he says that. So whereas Tucker Carlson, 
unquestionably had conquered the mountain. Uh, Tucker Carlson was the most watched person on cable television yes. news up until two weeks ago. Yes. Um, and uh, yes, he is absolutely. And if, if my, he turns around and decides to slay monsters, that would be great. My larger point is they're telling the same story. I was harnessed then. I am unharnessed now. Uh-huh. That's why you need to tune in. Because my point of view is one uh, a super unique one where I know what it looks like inside the machine. And now mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you how to dismantle it outside. Great. The difference is Tucker was way bigger yep. and it's way more recent. And so far he has said very compelling pablum. If he crosses the Rubicon to actually name names, show where the graves are, talk about like true bullshit that happened where um, I, 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 I don't know who replaced Roger Ailes, whoever the current, uh, president of Fox's, yeah. you know, called him into his office and said, listen, the my pillow guy's down my ass. You got to say if he does that. Great. His, and- his lawyer said that they believe his contract is breached in part because Rupert Murdoch personally made promises to him that were not kept like so. So they feel very comfortable to go to the highest level of that organization and say, because uh, it I'm reading between the tea leaves here in his lawyer's comments. They felt very betrayed by Tucker's personal uh, communications being drug out, not only in the lawsuit, but also in the press to justify why they needed to settle. The Tucker camp felt that way. The Tucker camp felt that way. And so I am guessing, I don't know, I am just, you know, a guy watching this like everybody else. I am guessing that they're them saying Rupert Murdoch's name in the press is them saying, oh, you, you want to talk about what was said behind the scenes. You want to talk about personal stuff. Let's talk about personal stuff. Does that carry over to his Twitter stuff? I don't know what I would ask you former news corp employee uh-huh. is if he is going to be burning down the major cable media establishments house, what rooms is he going to start with first? Well, the second floor is where all the big wigs worked. Um, what I, what I would say is keep your eyes peeled for this. If he uses the phrase media relations, he's serious. If he doesn't use the phrase media relations, he's not serious. He actually, hold on, let me get the name. Yeah. Let me get the name. This was in his law, his statement from his lawyer. Uh, he specifically made mention that Arena Briganti, Fox longtime communications and PR chief, attempted to undermine his future business prospects, which he argues would constitute a breach of his employment contract. Wow. Okay. If he's going, by the way, her, for, for she's for, the only for, for person in the entire building that I fear. For listeners of of uh, 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 this show, uh, Andrew, while I was saying that he is now beet red, his <laughs> delicate uh, porcelain complexion has turned beet red. Mm-hmm. He gave a hail mary and downed his scotch. Yes, I, I literally as soon as her name was mentioned, I, I crossed myself. Yes, uh, the, uh, uh, I I do not mention that name. That is the one name that I fear in in uh, the Fox corporate hierarchy. Uh, so I, he mentioned Rupert Murdoch and her name in or his lawyer Rupert, mentioned them. Rupert, I don't I'm not Rupert's such a big thing that to mention him, I, I, I imagine Rupert's getting that all the time. It's not even personal at this point. You can invoke yeah. him because he's an abstract concept. Yes. Uh, um, the, the head of media relations, whose name Irena Briganti, whose name you won't mention. Yeah. Uh, um, that I I wouldn't stir those waters. Uh, and if he is, uh, then that might mean he's actually serious about going after the infrastructure and going after the apparatus, in which case hats off to him. I like I've I like I've heard some stories. Why are you afraid of media relations? Um, 
I think that they have some teeth to them. I think that they're very proactive media relations. Um, and it's it was my experience that the much bigger fish than me were more afraid of them than they were of anybody else. Gotcha. Uh, and so uh, I'm trying to think of an example here. Um, Fox was paranoid when Roger Ailes was in power. Um, there was a certain level of paranoia there. I, I can give you a fun example of this. Every organization, I think, on some level takes its, it begins to grow the personality of the person at the head. And Roger Ailes was pretty famously was a very paranoid person. Famously paranoid. When yes. I was there, like literally there was one window in the building that had like three inch thick uh, bulletproof glass in it because he was afraid someone was going to try and kill him, which maybe like, like you know, maybe. So far. Okay. But like, yeah, um, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't get his mail. This, uh, this is a, yeah, okay. I like I'm so far so good. Right. Um, uh, skipping over a bunch of delightful, colorful heat and backstory. Um, I had tried to replace John Stossel as the fire marshal just because I thought it would be really funny to put up political posters fighting John Stossel. Like I had posters put up of like the, the challenger explosion with where was John at the bottom? Cause I just thought it was funny to run a campaign. Uh, eventually my, my boss came in and was like, you, you can't keep running. First of all, we don't, we don't have elections for fire marshal that you made this up. You can't do this. Yeah. Um, so they, uh, John who's doing very well. I literally spoke to him uh, last week, um, had got lung cancer for a little bit and the fire marshal showed up and went, are you Andrew Heaton for the building? Like yeah. the safety building yeah, yeah. guy. And he went, are you Andrew Heaton? And I went, yeah. And he goes, I heard you really, really, really <laughs> want to be the floor fire marshal. And I was like, what? Oh, I guess I just, I just wanted to fight John Stoss. Yeah. I saw that was kind of a funny thing. And he goes, all right, well, you're the deputy fire marshal now until John kicks Comes cancer. Back. And I was like, great. Like, what do I do? And he's like, it's your job that you clearly care so much about based on all of the reports we've got <laughs> that in the event of a fire, you need to go into the bathroom and tell everybody that there's a fire and they need to get out of the building. Can you do that? And I was like, so I'm in charge of the bathroom. And he's like, I didn't say you're in charge of the bathroom. I said that if there's a fire, you need to go into the bathroom, make sure nobody's there. And I went, got it in charge of the bathroom. Great. Thanks. And uh, took that very seriously. Um, that start, you had been deputized by I the New York started, City Fire Marshal, that yes. you now were in charge of the bathroom, I started which was putting a, bit, up, a, a bit of mission creep on on what was asked I of started you. putting up decorations. I looked into getting fish. I, I eventually got a, uh, I, I got a, uh, a, a radio uh, that I put in there. And um, so we could play classical music and just have a little bit of elegance in our day while we were having bowel movements, Justin. Yeah. Uh, and so By the way, very traditional in Japanese toilets. Okay. Japanese, Japanese toilets, especially in the women's room mm -hmm. uh, will play a looped sound effect of running water. No, I love it. So you, so you do not hear if, the if, splish, if, splash if, of urine. If I had, defeated John Stossel at fire marshal elections. That would have, anyway, um, I, I would come into the bathroom and the radio would be unplugged. And I'd be like, who's a problem with me playing classical music? And I'd keep coming in. I plug it in. This happened multiple times over two weeks. And I, yeah. I come in one day and I plug it in and um, I don't remember who it was, but one of the anchors that was on air, one of the suits uh, who was on the talent side looks at it and goes, Oh, it's a radio. And I go, Yes. What did you think it was? And he goes, well, I just assumed they were putting in a microphone to record our conversations, but it's just a radio. And I was like, yeah. And like, this is just a normal dude 
Yeah. It was just like, like not even one of the high profile. I don't remember who it was like a, a mid-level on air reading headlines guy. Yeah. Not a barn burner. And he was just like, oh, if there's a device in the bathroom, it's clearly to record us. Um, so there was a touch of, of paranoia there. And um, the people that everybody feared was media relations and media relations had a outsized amount of power in terms of who you could bring on your show. Uh, and, um, it was kind of shadowy how they would do that. And it was kind of scary. And so I'm, I'm a bit scared of them today. Uh, and if, uh, Tucker Carlson goes after them, that that's going to be real interesting. So you would say from your perspective that if Tucker Carlson were indeed declaring all out war from outside the gates on Fox news, Obviously, it's been a while since you've worked inside that ecosystem. But from what you knew of it, the people that he would call out would be media relations. Yeah, I, I, I or I'll put it this way. If you were going to do it, if you were going to do a cosmetic fight uh, where you were just saying pablum about media, uh, about Fox. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't bring up media relations. Uh, I would. Nobody I, really knows there's, what there's, they there's are. no reason. Yeah. To, and there's no reason to invoke their ire. Um, uh, if, if he's wanting to piss them off, that shows me that he's got some teeth in this and he's, he's willing to, to put in some resources behind it. Cause like no one knows who they are outside of the media world. So if he's, Cause you're not even, even in, in your description of it, I don't even know what their jobs are. Can I, okay. Like this is all right. You will protect me. Yes. If, if I, if I get, if they if come anything, after me, yes, I'll yes. come stay in your place. Sure. My dog will will dress Don't him up worry. like a parakeet. Don't worry. He'll yeah, become yeah, a yeah. parakeet. Exactly. Um, so the 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 rule was we we had discretion over any politician we wanted to bring on. You could bring on any politician you wanted. You didn't have to clear that. Okay. Um, but if you wanted to bring on any journalist or anybody in media, it had to go through media relations. Um, that meant that for. I don't know, two months, we literally couldn't bring on anybody from Penguin or any affiliated house. There's only five houses uh, in publishing. In publishing, book publishing. Because yeah. uh, Penguin had had the audacity to publish an autobiography of Roger Ailes that implied he was a bad guy. And so, like, we couldn't bring on anybody. It was published in all of that. So what we would do is we would call, you had to call media relations. You had to call them, uh, or excuse me, you'd email them and go, I would like to bring on this person from the nation. At one point, I had the nation that was going to come on our show because yeah. I thought we, we had meetings about this, by the way. My, my show, The Independence, was a good show. We were talking about, we don't want to be uh, battling straw men. We don't want to be in an echo chamber. We want to bring in the sharpest minds to counter our arguments. We want to have a really good debate, really and good conversation. And I, I reached out to the nation and I'm like, I would love to bring, which you is, on. which is a liberal publication. A very for progressive those not, publication. Not aware, yeah. I mean, like, like, uh, I think I reached out to Jacobin too, which is like straight up French that's, revolution, that's proletariat yeah. socialist. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, I would email media relations and go, I would like to bring on the president of the nation. Uh, and then they would go, you, there's nothing. And then there'd be a phone call and it's either a, hi, this is media relations. Um, it's yes on the nation or no, it's not on the, and they would, they would funnel it to an intern so that there was no, no Direct paper trail conversation. So you could never actually call anybody. It was on never it. an email. It was always a phone call. And, and it was, it was just chattery and like, you got the real distinct impression that they could, they could do some stuff. And so it sounds to me, I'm not going to say what you are. I don't know what you're, what you think. I'm just going to say from what you have described, it sounds like the paramilitary organization that is owned by the top of the food chain for which will settle media feuds to protect the supremacy of the whole yes, of Fox as, News as, as a, a media organization. As a media guy, yeah. this is the group that can come after you and sue you for violating things. Or, yes. or there's, there's a lot of that. Like, I don't know, I'm just um, like... 
I, I will not mention who it is, but somebody that I know was doing, who's a talent was, was doing their contract negotiations. And, um, at one point, um, uh, one of the top people in media relations just kind of paused and went, if you ever have a problem, give us a call. You'd be amazed what we can make go away. And there was just kind of, it was like a, like a mafioso vibe. To yes. It. I didn't, oh, it spooked the shit out of me, Justin. Yes. So anyway, if he's, if he's going to uh, go after them, great. And uh, that, that indicates to me, he's actually going to fight some people. Which would also indicate if he knows that they know where all the bodies are buried, then he better have a lot of bodies that he wants to unbury on on his side if he is going to make it worth it. Well, and to bring it back, like if, if he wanted to really get credit right now um, and if, if he were to like f- for me, I, I wrote him off a while ago, like uh, uh, the 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 recent uh, lawsuits that came out where it turns out he was purposefully eliding things that would make him unpopular with his audience told me that he didn't have the gumption to actually bear things head on and, and deal with the truth. Were he to come out and either apologize for that, or were he to say, like, I was told by Fox that I would lose the job, even if you were lying, I would at least go, okay, he, he might be just being himself right now. Um, if, uh, w- when I was there, I literally never had a single conversation with anybody in management at all uh, about you can't say this because advertisers won't like it. Yeah. Not, not one time did that happen. I don't know who our advertisers were. We weren't watching the advertisements. Uh, I was on Fox Business, so one would assume it was gold and depends. Um, Actually, Fox Business, I once read, had a higher mm-hmm. uh, 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 per ad spend, yeah. even though it had a far lower audience because yeah. everybody that was watching it was a hedge fund manager. Yes. Fox business was like, uh, normally you're going for uh, a demo of like 30 to 50 uh, is, is like, that's the demo. I don't know yeah. the exact numbers, but it's basically like somebody 25 to 55 is, is understood yeah. as the demo quote right. unquote, the ones that you can persuade to buy things. Yes. You can, you can create brand opinions with the ages between 25 with, and with Fox business at the time. And they I, have the money. I, I don't know what it is now, but with Fox business at the time, um, Fox business had much higher ad sales than, or higher ad sale rates than Fox news did because the, the, even though the average age was like 65, yeah. it was like people that owned three houses in the Hamptons. Exactly. Well, because Fox business is like, uh, uh, Buy your mistress a tennis bracelet. Very much so. uh, buy yes. your your third house a fourth car. Where yeah. Fox News is like they're pores, right? By and large, like comparatively to the others. So it's like get kettle corn the way you remember pre <laughs> desegregation. Like it's it's just a different kind of market. It's it's cheaper to produce kettle corn. Uh, yes, I think that that is correct. The, uh, the, the ad sales were higher. That being said, noting that the ad sales were higher, I, I never, I literally no message was ever crafted to please an advertiser. Now I did feel pressure in terms of, um, Hey, your show's right after Lou Dobbs. He's very red meat conservative. You guys really want to like, maybe you could be a little bit more pro conservative. The first 15 minutes just to ease in Lou Dobbs yeah. audience. Like that's the kind of that I saw. Uh, but I, I never saw any of the advertising stuff happen. But like if if Tucker were like, if I were Tucker, I would I would do that and I would name names. For, first of all, because um, a lot of these people behind the scenes are not used to having their names put out there. Rupert Murdoch absolutely is. Uh, yes. the, the current president of Fox, whose name I do not know is. But like the people that are just doing management stuff, um, they're not used to being out there. Like that would be an interesting thing to do. Because um, I, I think that I think Kendall's running it now. Kendall, okay. I only know from I only succession. Know, no, I, I know I know the Murdoch children oh. by their succession analogs. Yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. their real names, but I think yeah. the, the 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 eldest son 
who left and then came back. Did, did, did I tell you I tried to hire a Rupert Murdoch impersonator at one point? I, th- I think you have a please tell the story. Yeah, I, uh, it's, it's um, uh, I was um, I was friends with the guys that ran the, the cafe who were great. They were really nice. Uh, uh, and uh, um, I was, you know, going there every day. And for a while, I thought if I just hire a Rupert Murdoch impersonator, and the whole plan was just to get an old bald Australian man to have lunch with me. Yes. Just to kind of swing my dick around. Yes. On the third So floor. everybody would be like, everybody wouldn't f- know what the, and then I'd start referencing uncle Rupert, but turns out there's no such thing as a Rupert Murdoch impersonator. I think that you would need to, you would need to go sideways and like cast somebody yeah. like, like with like a different type. Now I know enough is you just find a guy that looks like Rupert Murdoch and yes. you make him watch Crocodile, but you also need to hire like three bodyguards. So it's really you're paying for four people. Yes. To walk in and sit down and you have a thing and blah, 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 blah. Um, Now, now, let me let me me go to the the um, the advertiser thing, because that is something that that comes up a lot, specifically in the left wing media mm -hmm. about stuff you can and cannot talk about. And this is bled over. There is very much a horseshoe theory element of the online right that believes with pharmaceuticals. So on the left, it's Lockheed Martin and Boeing and Northrop Grumman are advertising on these things. And so that's why you can't say the truth on the right. It's because Pfizer and Moderna are advertising. And that's why these people can't say the truth. I, I agree with you in general from anything I've heard of people who have worked in television. I've never worked in television. The larger thing that you are a slave to is the rate card. Yes. The rate card is how people sell advertising on your show. So you're not worried about the advertisers that are there. You're worried about the advertisers that may be there and your ability to charge a higher rate. So that's why they come to you and say, you know, Lou Dobbs, they do a very different show. Can you just be a little more Lou Dobbsy? Can you do your most Lou Dobbsy segment seg one uh, uh, you know, to, to, to just ease everything in is because they want to make sure that that quarter hour doesn't immediately take a dive because everything in, in television follows a very predictable sine wave of quarter hour decline, quarter hour decline. And then it goes up after dinner for the primetime stuff. And then it decline, 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 declines. Yeah. Uh, that's really what I've understood the slave is. That is it is hundred percent. It, it, it is to ads. Yes. But it's to the, the future the, the, people that they would sell the, ads the, the, to. The money's there, but it's not your, your, your slave to eyeballs because yes. they're getting the ad money. But the relevant thing is the eyeballs. The, the relevant thing is not the ads. Like um, my read on it. I never met Roger Ailes. I went to a thing that Rupert Murdoch was at. We did not meet. Um, my read on it being in the company and reading stuff by them was that, uh, Roger Ailes was, if not a true believer, at least a very vitriolic partisan. He did want yes. to fight the good fight on behalf of the Republican Party. Um, I never got that impression from my uncle Rupert. Uh, my impression was that Rupert wanted to make a buck. Uh, in 92, Rupert, between Clinton and Pro, Rupert went for, uh, excuse me, between Clinton and Bush, Rupert went for Pro. I think if Rupert could have made millions of dollars on a socialist network, he would have. I think, I think Rupert's fundamentally a businessman. Um, Ailes was a partisan that liked making money and I never found there to be any, uh, any, and and Ailes, Ailes was a television guy. He was very much a television guy. Ailes was like, this is the way that cable news should be. Uh, More hairspray, more legs, wax them up. Like all of our, uh, news readers have to have the same haircut, uh, that looks like a, a, a astronaut, uh, uh, back when they were sexy. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, uh, like that's, that's, that was his 
thing. You very much see the fingerprints on it, especially back then. Now they put boys on the leg chair slot on Fox News. It's, it's They're not allowed it's, to call the leg chair anymore, which it definitely was when I was there. <laughs> it was definitely called the leg chair when I was there. Um, yeah, I, 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 I it, it's about eyeballs. Uh, I don't think it, the, the advertisers have uh, an ability to stop it. I think if, if you were... Uh, if if a show were doing incredibly well on Fox and they were going to have to sell um, yoga ad, yoga pants ads and Starbucks, they would happily do that. I don't I don't think I, I think you, the, the the presumption that it's about money is correct, but the intermediate is incorrect. They're, they're, it's it's not that they're going. How is the my pillow guy going to feel about this? Or at least that was my experience. I, I will put on a caveat. Uh, the Independence, the first show I worked on, um, was later in the evening, and for all intents and purposes, it's entirely possible that Fox thought we were an infomercial and didn't even realize we were yes. there. We had so little hands-on from them. Um, with Kennedy, we had a bit more hands-on. Kennedy's still there. Great person, by the way. Yep. I love Kennedy. Good friend of mine. Um Kennedy was a little she's bit. In, she's in the hopper now. She's on. She's on the five. She's she's she uh, on the five. I think I've wow. seen her on the five. Yeah, Good for Kennedy. I'm yeah, very no, glad to hear that's, that. That's the that's the that's, that's the, the beating ground. That's, that's the big yeah. The five is the big one. That's yeah. the one people are murdering each other for. Uh, um, that that one we had more attention, but even then there was never there was never any element of like oh god what will Lockheed Martin think because we were regularly questioning foreign policy stuff all the time. So uh, yeah, I, I I didn't find the ads to be an overwhelming thing. But I, I would love for what would be interesting is for Tucker, who I assume was privy to far more interesting conversations than me, to come in and go, um, hey, Tucker, we know that you've got a soft spot for Elizabeth Warren or whoever it is, because Tucker is, to give him the benefit of the doubt, a nonpartisan populist. And he might like left wing populists and he might hate establishment Republicans like Jeb Bush or whoever. Sure. Right? Yeah. Um, They might sit down and go, listen, we love, Tucker, that you are a populist, nonpartisan. We think that's great. But Tucker only make fun of the Democrats. And and he could rationally go, well, if I only make fun of the Democrat establishment, I'm just a Republican shill, right? And they would go, no, we don't look at it that way, Tucker. But we do think that the first half hour of your show, you should never make fun of Republicans, something like that. That's the kind of thing he could do, where he would he would air it and go, yes, actually, I've worked in the trenches. I've been at the, not even the trenches. I've been the commanding officer sending people to die in the trenches. And I can tell you that we are absolutely crafting a partisan message because that's what gets the eyeballs and that's what's get the money. And we don't care about what the truth is. And the apparatus has never been about what the truth is. It's been a conveyor belt to get clicks and eyeballs. Let me wrap up this conversation by saying that I do not expect Tucker Carlson to be truthful. I don't expect anybody on television to be truthful. I don't expect most people in media to be truthful. I mean, I I can say that there are some people for whom I believe are more truthful based on my estimation of who they really are. But I don't know exactly how much that matters. What matters is that you create compelling content and you create, especially if you're in a news situation, you create content for which can be fact-checked, can be looked back on, and you can either rightfully disagree because you have a different point of view on it, but you can at least agree on the facts, right? And that seems to be an element for which Tucker Carlson is going after, is that like there are facts and there are truth, and, and I'm going to explain the difference to you. What I expect of Tucker Carlson, especially with those two videos, both of which were not vlogs. They were not Hey guys, it's me, Tucker. Please like and subscribe. Obviously, it's been a real tough day. My my wife has been going through a lot. My kids have been going through a lot. We've been reading your mail. 
Instead, in that first video, he was like, uh, it's been a, like, uh, hi, I'm Tucker Carlson. It's amazing what a great country we live in. So many nice people and so many great well wishes. So it's like, even then, it's formatted into a monologue. Yeah. He is doing a show yeah. and he is not pretending to not, by the way. He is he is coming out in his top hat. The, the, the light hits him. He begins his song and dance. The light goes off. He leaves. He begins with a hello, friends. He ends with see you next time. Like that is what he does. What I'm curious is whether or not he can make content out of dismembering Fox News, CNN and MSNBC, because it's something that we talk a lot about as being way outside. We are now wildlings way beyond the wall. You know, we are far away from these opportunities. We don't particularly seek them. Right. Uh, And so we can throw our stones and say, aha, screw you, you bunch of squares, beep bop, robot uh, uh, opinions, the same talking points every half hour on the hour. So nobody gets confused. But he can name names. He can say, this is the segment that I wanted to do. Let me show you the email that I got or or recount the phone call of, of what I could or couldn't do. And a lot of which isn't necessarily controversial in television but would be scandalizable if you lay it out in a certain way, in a certain narrative, in a certain monologue, the likes of which Tucker Carlson has made his bones on his entire career. Well, let's, let's hope he does that. I mean, like, like again, when he's talking about in the clip that you just played for me, um, that television's being factual, but not truthful because it's withholding information. That is literally what Tucker Carlson has been doing for the last six months a year, however long yeah. you want to do it. I mean, literally Tucker Carlson knew some stuff and went, I'm not going to say this because it's going to piss off my opinions. Yes. So he is absolutely Present, presenting, 100% presenting guilty of what he's describing, to, right? To create a narrative. Yeah. Um, and my read on that is that he wants attention and success more than he wants to be truthful. Um, I small chance he was somehow bullied or misled into these willful decisions. I kind of doubt that given the ferocity of this particular character. Um, I hope that you are correct, Justin, that he is willing to set fire to his previous allies in order to get people to watch him set fire to it and that that burns some stuff down. I, having worked in cable television news, I don't think it's a good medium to, to communicate um, complex ideas. Uh, and while I have people that still work in cable television news that I like, I think that they would still be better suited to working in other mediums. And I if, if he could if he could unearth a lot of bodies and cause a lot of casualties and have people watch it. I think that would be great. I mostly am interested in it. If not rooting for it in the larger meta conversation of where are the power rankings between the internet and television? Because if somebody like Tucker Carlson can say, no, you want to know what? Take your $20 million. I'm going to possibly spend that and more fighting with you in a lawsuit because News Corp is not going to make this easier claim. And so the only question was for him, does he wait until the end of the election, effectively putting himself into reboot phase? Because uh, uh, there's once a conversation that you and I had where you were among uh, uh, layoffs at your former employer at the blaze and you were considering, ah, you know, maybe I just go, I maybe just get out of politics. And I said, no, 
you you are we are entering into when money is made when stars are created or sustained in political media you are starting a podcast or continuing your podcast uh, at least throughout the year at least until the end of the election at that point you can go sell bikes in scotland or whatever dumb stuff you were talking about at the time like this is when it matters if this were happening a year ago tucker carlson might have probably said eh you want to know what? I'll just go on. I'll go to Europe for a year and then I'll come back and it'll be just in time for the election for him. He says, I'm going to fight you on this right now. It's OK if I'm not making a dime from Twitter. I don't even know if they'll turn on ads. It's he's just using it for the platform, therefore saying cable news. Your reach is not important to me. I'm getting to as many people as I want to on Twitter and I'm possibly going to say stuff that your audience will want to see you cover on your network and you won't because you are fighting with me in a lawsuit and therefore exposing more of your own hypocrisy. And I'm money wise sure that I'm going to make more after all this is over, even if I spend millions of dollars with you in a court of law. And if that is the case, if that is indeed what is happening with Tucker Carlson or Fox News decides, you want to know what? We don't need this holy war. Let's just let him out. Let him do whatever he's going to do. And we'll go forward from there. Either of which would be a sea change in terms of how important the Internet is compared to cable. It would say, no, you can. It's not easy to be more important than cable on the Internet. In fact, you might have to come from cable to be more important than cable on the Internet. But it's possible. And that's never been proven before. And if that's true, that shows you where we are in our media landscape and and where everybody ranks. It would be a demotion for television and a promotion for the Internet. Uh, That would be absolutely amazing and very fun to watch. Uh, One of the oft quoted lines that I've taken from your program, Justin, is that uh, television, excuse me, not television, newspapers had their highest grossing year the year before they plummeted. Yeah. Um, the, the highest grossing year. And so I've, I've been looking at TV for a long time going, I don't think this is going to work. Like, like right when I came on, um, I was in, in the, in one of the, uh, um, uh, the, the, just, you know, production studio rooms where everybody's, it looks like NASA, one of those rooms. Yeah. And I was talking to one of the VPs who was a nice guy. And I was just trying to make conversation. And I was like, uh, so like, like you, you've been working in this industry for like 30 years. What's something that's changed? Just conversation. And he just gets real grim and goes, if they ever figure out how to not bundle this stuff, we're screwed. And I was like, what? And he's like, you know how HBO has like a se- separate subscription model? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, if they ever figure out how to do that on other channels, like we're all dead. And I was like, that's a very grim thing to tell me, guy who's been here for two days, apropos of nothing. Um, and I think based on demographics, a lot of other, I, I'm not, I'm not betting on cable television. Well, I mean, and, and, and the funny thing is that's a less grim possibility than what happened, which is that the entire bundle is dying. It's not just them like uh, giving consumers the right to say, so that guy got his wish. Cable never gave in to consumers and said, all right, uh, here's a card. Like, like you can have it like an all you can eat sushi restaurant. Check the channels you want. We'll, especially now that we have more digital boxes, we're able to determine what you have available to you. You can choose to subscribe and unsubscribe to channels at will. They never did that. They always knew, well, if people stop paying for ESPN or Fox News or any of the, the channels that get the highest uh, carriage fees, then the entire business model goes asset for tea kettles. So 
Cable stuck with it. You are always paying to this day. You are always paying for the whole bundle and that's it. You have no choice. And guess what? Consumers left. And that's worse. (laughs) That is worse because at the very least, some of those Fox News Corp people could say, well, at least Fox News will always have a high carriage fee. Uh, Maybe Fox Business declines, but guess what? There's enough hedge fund people who want to buy TELUS tennis bracelets that they can put in new cars. I've never understood that either. Like even, even though I benefited from it because it was paying my bills, the hedge fund people are running hedge funds, right? They're not watching TV at 2 p.m., no, they're is, watching is, TV. Is it, is it just see, stuff in the background? I've never figured that no, out. That's what running a hedge fund is, is watching to see what the market is doing. And that's why business channels exist. So they're just literally teeing off Charles Payne or whoever else is, is like reading the stock ticker. No, they they may or may not be uh, uh, listening to the pundits. Oh, they're just looking at the ticker at the bottom. Ticker. That's it. That's it, uh, wow. They are just they need to be constantly enmeshed with data. And so. For some, especially those that were my, my theory, having worked there, is that it's just a screensaver program for clients that are visiting the hedge fund. That they have a bunch of TVs in the front room, and everybody goes, "Oh, look, we got we got uh, CNBC and Fox Business." I mean, all these the only never the, made sense. I, I am I am grafting this onto what I knew as a newsroom in newspapers, which always has a million TVs with everything that you could possibly have on it. So when I worked in Pennsylvania, we had all the major news, uh, local news channels or local, the ABC, NBC, Fox, you know, whatever CW, if it was that at the time, and then the national news stuff for as many televisions as they had, we were in the podunk, uh, uh, borough office, but like, so, but if we had four televisions, they were always on different things because as a news outlet, you never wanted news to be breaking somewhere that you weren't aware of. And I would imagine that that's the same for hedge funds, where even if primarily you're watching a screen that is, you know, churning whatever money algorithm, uh, you never want to be in case you look away, you see something that you wouldn't have seen. Otherwise, you can immediately, I don't know, pick up. I don't know what hedge funds do, like pick up a phone and yell bye, 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 and then call somebody the C word. Well, you know, I've I've never worked in a hedge fund either. Maybe that all makes sense. Hedge funds. Email in yeah. the young American at mm. gmail.com. Can, but, I, can I tell you a quick thing before we go. sign off? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I regularly visit uh click hole and the onion and Babylon B all very, very funny uh, political satire sites. And the story that the Babylon B had about Tucker Carlson about a week ago was unemployed man in basement filming TV show on phone outperforms Fox. Yeah. And it might be prescient of what you're describing. I mean, it certainly is a narrative for which a lot of people want to be true, but people have wanted that to be true about the Internet for a very, very, very long time, sometimes to the point where they will willfully distort various different metrics by saying this YouTube video got a larger number than what is reported by Nielsen uh, uh, for some show on a cable network. It'll be different if this is the influence game. If Tucker Carlson can humiliate Fox by saying things about them that are gigantic stories on CNN and MSNBC and Fox just simply will not cover, then he will have humiliate and it pleases his audience. So that's the tricky thing. Is it a big story for MSNBC? Is it a big story for CNN while his audience loves it and eats it up and Fox won't cover it? That is something for which will be a gigantic win for the Internet on a on a scale that I can't think of the last time that somebody defected like that and then just 
burnt things down. Yeah, because like I know Glenn Beck and and Glenn uh, spends a lot of time criticizing CNN. I haven't really, at least on air, I, I could be wrong because I don't, I don't watch a lot of blaze content, but I don't believe he really goes after Fox. He like, like I, I get the impression that they left, but there was kind of a detente or something. I, I, I don't I, I, did, being... I did some research some back research on, on, on the breakup there. And it was mostly because Ailes was pissed that Beck had so many side hustles. Like he huh. was, he was doing tours and books. Books are fine, right? Everybody writes a book when they're, when they're working at Fox, but you probably have to do it through, the imprint that Fox wants you to do it uh, through. But Beck at that time had a subscription for super fans online. In fact, after he did his last words on Fox that he literally walked into a room where he did an interview exclusive for at that time, GBTV, which eventually got rebranded as the blaze. Uh, so I think that that was that presaged where, where, um, where, where, where Glenn was, but again, Glenn was at a time where like he left in the early, sorry, the, yeah, the early tens. Yeah. I believe it was like, like 11 or 12, you know, that's a different time. You know, that at that time to give you a, a sense of the media economics, ESPN was the most profitable part of the Disney company, not ABC. Not Walt Disney Pictures, not the theme parks, not anything else. It was ESPN because of the strength of that cable bundle. That's how valuable cable was at that time. We ain't there no more. ESPN, to give you a sense of it, is now a possible rumored sale potential from Disney. Disney might be looking because it's only getting more expensive to buy live rights to sports. You hear more rumors of maybe ESPN gets sold to Amazon or something like that. Uh, it's a different world, but is it different enough that Tucker Carlson can almost single-handedly win a battle with Fox News? That remains the question, but my guest remains Andrew Heaton of the, Poli uh, the Political Orphanage, and we're not wrong. Thank you so much for joining us. A pleasure to be here. I hope I don't get in trouble with any prior NDAs and mm -hmm. I don't have to come live at your house. Serena Briganti! Ha! And that'll wrap it up for us today. Politics, politics, politics. Hosted and written by me, Justin Robert Young, for Dog and Pony Show Audio in Austin, Texas. Our show was edited by Brett Stewart. You can email our program, theyoungamerican at gmail.com. You can follow the program on Twitter at px3tweets and follow me at Justin R. Young. You can find us on Twitch, px3live.com. We watched the, uh, the Trump CNN special there as well. So you could have seen that. Could have hung out with me. Share this podcast with your friends, family, and clergy, px3podcast.com. You can send me a one-time donation, paypal.me slash payjury. Venmo is justin-young-20. Cash app is px3cash. And of course, anything that you would like to send to me physically in the mail is P.O. Box 153184, Austin, Texas, 78715. Again, P.O. Box 153184. Austin, Texas, 78715. Make sure to make it out to Justin Young when you send me stuff in the mail. 
Of course, you can always get our bonus content at TakePoliticsSeriously.com. $3 tier gets you two bonus podcasts per week covering all the news that you miss on our free podcasting schedule. And our $10 tier gets your name read at the end of the show like these fine folks in the Titanic. $10 tier. Jason, Andres, Matt, John Gross, C. Garcia, Matthew T., El Basso, John, Craig Potts, MC Radio, Unsafe DB Levels, K, uh, Bugs Life, Neemeister, Amanda, Yield Pinball Shop, DP4 Bongo, Catherine, Todd, and vote Gloria Young for King of the New World Order. Edison, up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA, select, start, Dr. G, Neil, Charles, Darren, 100 Mile Runner, Idris Arslanian, Blue Friend and the Lenina, DL, Steven, Chad, Nomadic Terran, Molly's Dashing Debut, Miranda Janelle, Adam, Chief Andy, Robert, Casey, Paul, is awesome. Brad, Richard, just another pilot, middle-aged Mike who loves Frank, got abducted, Utah, Jimmy, Montana, the Gen, A, L, D, L, D, L, D, really? Chopper, Andrew, and... Joshua, you want to join their ranks? Only one place to do it. TakePoliticsSeriously.com. And that wraps it up for us this week. Thank you to everybody for listening. We will be back next week. I don't know if you've realized, but business just picked up. We got debt ceiling. We've got Title 42 insanity. We've got conspiracy, Justin. I've got a conspiracy. A conspiracy for you. A lot of negative stories being written about Joe Biden. I know he's announced for president. But. It's looking a little vultury out there. Maybe we'll talk about it next week. Till then, this is your old pal, Justin Robert Young, saying... Some shows talk about politics, others talk about politics, and still more discuss politics. But this, this is the only program that dares discuss. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. Dog and Pony Show Audio.